I'm stuck on my map. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, good. We're recording. And now you're frozen. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is a disaster. Oh, no. I'm glad this is the first video version that we're going to post to YouTube. No, this is bad. Oh, I'm knocking pictures off the wall. You knocked off the picture of Ty? Is that Ty? That was deep. Oh. Broke a clip. Knocked off Zach. I got stuck on my little chair roller. Golly. Now I got to change stuff. Put Zach back up there. Okay. Now are we ready? Good night. No. This is the I outtake. Also, yeah. The outtake <laughs> at the intro. I also have a blanket on and I don't know where that went. Holy crap. Cold in here. Okay. Well, it's definitely not cold here as we are on our like 20th straight day being over 110. But welcome. To give him hell, Brigham, I am coming to you live from hell, where it is like hotter than <laughs> Satan's butt outside. And oh, it is, yes, we are like on day 20. It's We set some national record as the most consecutive days over 120 in oh. any major city. Or over 110, sorry. It's a 20 days. A this is day 20. It's supposed to stick stay over 110 until I think next Thursday is when it's supposed to drop below. Uh, had a few plants die in my yard just because they've gotten scorched and <laughs> then give them the extra water that they needed when I was out of town last week. And uh, yeah, so that's, it's just not fun going outside, just avoiding. No, I mean, I mean, I guess I can't complain. We've been over a hundred for the last couple of days today. We got a little reprieve. We're in the low nineties, mm. but my gosh, it sounds like you'd kill for low nineties right now. I, I low think 90s at night. To, it is. It is Porkchop's birthday next week, and I think we might go up to Flagstaff just to try to get some some reprieve and get away from it a little bit or something. Yeah. Because it is. I took the top off the Jeep last – well, I've had the top off all summer, but I took the topless Jeep to find the Anaki wild horses last night. So you drive mm -hmm. up to like you Pony Express. I, I love those wild horses. But I drove up. You drive up Pony Express Road, like the original Pony Express, and it goes up into the mountains. It's I was there in the 70s last night, Oof. and it felt like the 30s. It felt cold. Yeah. So I don't know. We might. I think we might go up to Flagstaff and head uh, west of Flagstaff. There's a small town called, it's like Seligman, Arizona, and that's like the, that's... the birthplace of Route 66. So that's kind of like what it's the primary city where Disney drew most of their inspiration for Radiator ah. Springs from. And, you know, and he's big into cars right now, as all little boys are, because Lightning McQueen is just about the only boy Disney character that you have as a kid. There's all the princesses, then all you got is Lightning McQueen. So You got Woody. Yeah, and he's also big into Woody, but that's Woody it. Woody and Buzz. Who else have you got? That's kind of it, isn't it? That's it. Simba sucks. It's true, like, but Simba, that's Simba's not great. The rest, it's all about the princesses. But so, so I might go up there just get some, uh, get some relief away from the heat. But Jeff, have you paid attention to this story about Carly Russell? I don't know who that is. So she is a woman from Birmingham, Alabama, and she went missing for a few days over last weekend. And it was reported that she saw a toddler wandering by themselves toddling on the side of Wait, the road hold on carly is a grown woman so she went missing the yes, toddling so toddler was not missing no so they were both missing she pulled over to help a toddler she saw on the side of the road and they were both missing and then a few days later that was they were found she went on tv did all these things everyone was like very i mean it was kind of like a lot of people were talking about it like have you seen her whatever because it's obviously any missing persons thing is a very big deal but also yeah. especially when it's like someone was trying to do a nice thing and it gets like doubly screwed up you know it gets like it's not just like a random thing it's like man they were trying to do something nice and this happened that sucks so oh, this is kid kidnapping for sure yes it was kidnapping who just finds toddlers we should have all known that story from the like the immediate job right so 
She so here, but 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 the latest report at a press conference okay. from the Hoover police chief said that the uh, Hoover state- home of home of Jeterius Goley. This is still a BYU podcast. Yes, it's still a BYU podcast. Also, speaking of Hoover, have you seen any of the uh, the the whole life of Rush Probst, that coach that was on two days on MTV, who was the head coach of Hoover no. High School, where he like. It came out, so he got fired from there because it came out that he had like an entire second family that he was keeping hidden, and then he got divorced from his wife and married the other lady, and then he went to another school and he got in tr- and fired from there for headbutting a player, and then he got a new show on okay. Netflix, and then the boosters kicked him out of there. He's a scumbag. But anyway, Yikes. yes, Hoover, that Hoover, Alabama. Okay. Uh, so she told detectives that when she got out of her vehicle to check on the child, a man came out of the trees and mumbled that he was checking on the baby. And then she claimed the man picked her up and she screamed and she was forced into an 18 wheeler where she was blindfolded. Russell told detectives that the two, a man with orange hair and a woman who she didn't see due to being blindfolded, took her into her house, made her get undressed and took photos of her. At some point she was put back into the vehicle and was able to escape and run through the woods until she came out near her residence. Police said she was found with a small injury to her lip, and she said her head was hurting. They also found $107 in cash in her right sock. So that was the initial story. But today at the press conference, they were they were said that she had made several internet searches leading up to her disappearance, including do you have to pay for an Amber Alert or search and rescue? How to take money from a cash register without being caught? And searching for information about the Liam Neeson movie, Taken. And the police chief said, there are many questions left to be answered, but only Carly can provide those answers. What we can say is that we have been unable to verify most of Carly's initial statement made to investigators. We have no reason to believe that there is a threat to the public safety regardless to this particular case. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should have known this was BS from the beginning. Like, that's pretty clear. Uh, But man, just message to criminals. Let this be a lesson. Incognito mode is right there. It's right there. I mean, like, I know, like, they could still get to your Google search history via incognito mode, but at least make it hard. Just a little bit. Put an ounce of it. A little. Into keeping it hidden. A little. Or, you know, what are some of the other ones? Go, duck, go. Like, those that are allegedly, you know, you could go and peruse the internet uh, anonymously. Like, go. Do that. Go, duck, go. That should be the criminal hotbed. The, duck, the, duck, the I think it is. Duck, duck, go. Is that what it is? Yeah. I don't know. What I it think is. it's like duck, duck, but goose. That, but duck, duck, go. Yeah. Oh, uh, that makes sense. So duck, duck, go. I mean, that should be their tagline. Like the uh, preferred browser of criminals. So, here's so what's what this girl's name? Carly. What? Russell. I gotta look this. this so what I don't get is she jumps from like Amber Alerts to theft from a cash register, which yeah. that's probably 107 bucks is an odd number. So I think she probably stole something here. Because they found her with $107 in her sock. Mm, that's a little Well, I, I mean, she's in Hoover, Alabama. And so she's holding up a gas station. What are the odds that a gas station has much more than $107 of cash in their till? True. So, so there's that. And then and then she looks up the movie Taken. <laughs> I think that, that one is yeah, what made that's... it funny to me. But also in cases like this, it's like, I feel like there should she be. She does not look like what I thought she'd look like. She, she there looks, should She be... looks normal. She should be prosecuted for wasting money, you know, of like police time, taxpayer money going into this. She should be charged for like falsifying this whole thing and causing a public scare. Right. You're wasting money. You know, this is like the whole like yelling fire in a crowded building thing or whatever. And there's probably some legal nuance to that, that someone's going to come in the comments and be like, well, actually, I don't know. But whatever in the way that people, what they mean when they say that, whether that's actually regardless, I don't even know what the actual official nuanced ruling of the fire in a theater thing is, but you're picking up what I'm putting down here. But yeah, yeah it's like, it's like that. it pisses me off so much where it's like, you just, she can't, she should not just be able to get away from it. Like she should be made an example of, of like, you can't lie about being. <laughs> so what happened to the toddler? I, apparently there maybe is no toddler. They haven't been able oh. to confirm that there was a so toddler. Okay. So, Okay. So they have not been able to confirm a single thing from her story. Yeah. So, okay. Allegedly theft. I mean, what is the crime though? So she lied. 
I mean, I feel like if you lie and that wastes like public resources of like first responders who could be helping investigating something I, else. Yeah, but that's not an actual crime. I mean, like maybe it, it should be, but I don't think it is. I mean, because what? Well, there's it's not directed at because there's like somebody. obstruction of justice, but this is like obstruction omission of justice. Like, this yeah, is, well, this it's is a, a it's sin like, of omission, not a sin it's of like omission. slander. It's like slander or libel, but in not directed at like an actual person. Because, like, if you just make something up about someone and it damn you know, and it negatively affects them, and they can sue you for like defamation, yeah, but, right? But, and so right. it should but be there has something to be harm, right? The harm, there is no harm. Nobody's harmed in this. Wasted. And like from a, well, yeah, wasted. People wasted their time. The cops wasted their time. But like they're on the clock. So like they're getting paid whether they fight this fake crime or go fight a real crime. I don't think there's a crime here. I think this is just like she's going to get the punishment of embarrassment. I mean, she should be dragged. She should be canceled. Yeah. The, The court of public opinion should bring their harshest yeah. punishment down. Kangaroo a, a court this one, you know? Like, I don't think the real courts are going to do Something. anything, and that's fine. I, I wouldn't expect the real courts to, because frankly, if we're talking about wasting time, actually charging her and going to real court, that feels like a bigger waste of time. But... And you just you can, write her a ticket, so then it's we like... We kangaroo it's not, court this, yeah. Yeah, maybe if, there, if there's something like a mystery, like it's a ticket, and so it's just a fine with that, and it's not a, a criminal thing, it's just like, hey, you got to pay like five grand or something what a what a crazy but i don't what would possess somebody to do that i don't know but that was what I, we were going to talk about this of her faking her it, own TikTok. abduction that's what it was this has to be a trend somewhere yeah but that's the thing that's what i'm saying she's being made an example of because if it's like if this becomes a thing where it's like oh it's the the fake your abduction challenge yeah like, well like they did it they did everywhere. the bird box thing and like i don't think the bird box thing anybody ever got tried unless they broke laws while doing the bird box thing remember that where people were like driving with their blind like because bird box or whatever that oh, movie was yes and that you're blindfolded people were like driving down the road blindfolded god help idiots stupid. yeah idiot. well mostly kids and they were definitely stupid uh, i have a question for you speaking of the wild horses i had a robust conversation with my father do horses, do wild horses have predators other than humans? He said cougars. I don't think a cougar's taken down a horse. Now, I know that cougars can take down an elk, but it's usually small elk, and it's usually wounded elk. They make their hay on deer. I don't think a horse has a predator out there. Uh, he then said it, bears, but I think a bear would have to like, I mean, you know, the kamikaze internet, sneak attack. The internet says mount cougars, wolves, bears. They're in Florida. Alligators it says mountain lions, horses? wolves, bears, and alligators all eat horses. No. Of these listed, attacks from mountain lions are the most common. There's no way that doesn't make sense. Like a full-grown horse. I guess maybe that's it. Maybe if it's a colt. Are we, if we're talking like toddler horses, then sure. How fast can a wild horse run? Yeah, like 50 miles an hour. Oh, a one, oh, the record speed is like 50. The average horse can run around 30 miles an hour. But these are wild horses. This isn't an and average a mountain horse. Lion run, and a mountain lion can run 40 to 50 miles an hour. Okay, but... A mountain like, lion is faster. Like, catching it's only part of it they still gotta fight the thing and horses are big they're strong i don't know man i think it's probably like i mean if it's running and it's faster and then just you go for the jugular get those teeth in there and then you just got to stock it after that oh well okay hate to admit my father might have been right but maybe he was it's the first time randy's been right in a long time so yeah you gotta give him one a broken clock is right twice a day Blind something, um, something, blind squirrel finds a nut. Did did we talk about the preseason magazine last week? I don't think we did. We did not. No, I think uh, you this time last week you had barely started it, but you are doing mm. the Jeff Hansen preseason BYU season preview. It will be available yeah. probably later, uh, maybe early tail, next week. Tail end of next website. week, yeah. Tail end yeah. So it, the, the, the words are done. It is, it is being well, formatted. So. There's, 
The bulk yeah. of the words are done. It's well, still putting it, together draft finishing touches. Yeah. Yeah. So there may be need it's to be It's going to be about a, about a hundred pages long. I think in total is what it will become. Uh, really, what I've how I've described this is I'm trying to bring the schedule to life for BYU fans. So this isn't like an Athlon preview where it's just a generic preview of every team in the world. This Feels is so a, 172 returns. Da, da, da. Yeah, it's yeah not are you including all of the vowels so that way you yeah, can there, read it? There are full, complete sentences, and spell check has been used. So, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, this is not Phil Still, uh, but it's it's only a. I mean, it's a preview of BYU. It's a preview of the Big Twelve. There's some BYU specific. I mean, a lot of BYU specific content there, but the bulk of it is a preview of each of the teams that BYU is going to be playing from the perspective of a BYU fan. So. What does BYU have to do to win? Talk about the scheme that they run on defense. Talk about who the players are, transfer portal, recruiting. Uh, one of the my favorite things that I've been putting together throughout all of this is just like a, a historical anecdote about each team. Uh, like Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was so close to being the SMU that got the death penalty. They were on probation multiple times back in the Big 8 conference. Their coach was forced to resign. They had a booster who was so fed up with the NCAA's rules that he thought, and he was so full of himself, that he was like, hey, I'm just going to own up to what we've done, and the NCAA will change rules as a result. So he was like, yeah, I'm paying players, and I'm going to continue to pay players because the NCAA doesn't own me. They can't control me a damn. Like, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. And then they got on probation, obviously, because, like, how do you walk that one back, Oklahoma State? Uh, so historical anecdotes on each team. Maybe it's the coaching staff. Like, do you remember that Jimmy Johnson coached at Oklahoma State? I, I That's what's on my mind. I finished that one up today. Jimmy the, Johnson coached at Oklahoma State. Speaking of historical things, have you ever stopped in you said like Oklahoma state could have almost been the SMU. This is like, this is something I think about a lot. And I think is especially with like all this conference realignment talk is pretty relevant of how many times, like it was just your school was in the right place at the right time. Right. Like when yeah. you look at like when everyone was in the SoCon and then now the SoCon, we know the SoCon is an FCS conference, but if you go back and look at like the 1933 SoCon standings, there's like 30 some odd teams in there. And it's a bunch of FCS teams and then the entire SEC and the entire ACC both broke yeah. out of that conference. And, you know, and it's like Tulane and Suwanee, their coach, you know, their ADs were in the right hotel room at the right, you know, the right hotel lobby at the right meetup talking to all these other programs and managed to yeah. find themselves in the SEC and how and it's back when that was how it was done. Like if that guy would have called in sick that day, he misses that hotel meeting. There was no emails. They weren't right. doing this on a zoom call. They had so, to be there. Right. And so uh, this is something I was thinking about the other day though, is how, like what historically, how did Weber end up in the big sky and Utah state ended up FBS? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. They're probably pretty equal, right? In the like the 50s. Like, I mean, there was nothing. I, I think that up until I mean, and I have no idea. This is my my gut reaction to the question. In terms of like prominence of the university, Utah State, I think, mattered a whole lot more than Weber State. Like they were a pretty big ag school. I mean, I get that ag has changed, right? And and nobody cares as much anymore. But in the early 1900s, like Ag was huge, and Utah State was a pretty important ag school in the state of Utah. So in terms of state funding and all that stuff, it makes sense to me that that was the premier school over, you know, Weber or Southern Utah or whoever else is, is yeah, there. Yeah, because, I mean, Utah State, they did finish uh, – they went 9-1-1 one, and one, and finished uh, – went 9-1-1 one, and one, and finished ranked number 10th in the AP poll in 1961 in the last season – of the uh in the last season of the skyline conference and then the next year new mexico wyoming byu and utah dipped from the skyline conference and went and made the whack with arizona and asu so and then utah state went independent forever and then joined the big west and then were independent again and then they were in the Sun Belt for a while in the early That's 2000s weird. and then they went independent again or then they finally got into the whack in 2005 and then they finally got in the Mountain West after we left. Just poor Utah I State. I forgot about that. I forgot that they were a 
I mean, they were big sky, like they were a nothing school. Weren't they in the Big West for a minute? Did you just say yep, that? So they were, let me see. Yeah, so they were basically with us. So 1914, it was like the Rocky Mountain Conference with us, then the Mountain States Athletic Conference with us, the Skyline. So we were together, right, with them forever. You know, like at the Mountain States, it's like Colorado, Utah, Utah State, Colorado State, you know, BYU, whatever. And then you get into, uh, yeah, they were independent from 62 to 77 and then they were in the big west from 1978 until the big west dropped football after the 2000 season and then after the big west dropped football there was uh so there was boise state idaho the last year they were in the big west it was boise state utah state idaho new mexico state north texas and arkansas state what a hell what of a league there terrible boise league. won so then they sorry, got left out of the whack. Sorry to Arkansas State. My gosh. <laughs> so then they were independent for two years in the Sun Belt in 2003 and 2004. And then when Conference USA got raided by the Big East and then like the super whack schools went over like Louisiana Tech and Tulsa and SMU and Rice went over in Utah, went over to Con Conference USA from the. That's weird. And then they've been in the Mountain West since then, but poor Aggies. You know, maybe man. maybe they should hate us. Maybe it makes sense. The weirdest thing about independence to me is still how much, or one of the weirdest things is how much they hate us when we are not the school that refused to play them. It seems yeah, like I they're like buddy buddy with Utah. Yeah, I don't get. And that. their fans are like, "Oh yeah, that's fine. We don't mind Utah." And it's like they've been too good for you for. I, I think I understand the BYU hate. I don't understand why there isn't the Utah hate. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like be an equal opportunity hater, you know? Yeah. If you're going to hate, hate everybody. Hate everybody. The it. Speaking of hating things, does the Pac-12 hate making money? They hate a lot of things, apparently. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to pretend to know like we've pretended to know we have, right? Like we've, we've, we've read the stories. Know. We've followed the headlines. We've talked about it here. We've tried to know. I don't think anybody knows. Here's what's sketchy. Okay. And I know that the talking points, I know what John Wilner would tell us and why it's not sketchy, but uh, what's his name? Rob, Bob Robbins, whatever his name is there at Arizona, right? Bobby Bobbins, Bobby Robbins. Yeah. So Bobby Robbins is super vocal about his disdain for this process. He's the one who's made up all these arbitrary deadlines that I think go back all the way to like April or whenever they go back. He's to. made up. He's made up like to the university president for Kirk Scholes, the university president from Wazoo is the one who's like, well, it's taking, we can't do it. It's going to take six weeks because it will look bad if we announce it right now. Yeah. ESPN just yeah. to lay off. So, You've got well, and Schultz is a good example because he's like now the chairman of the Pac 12 board, but they just added our guy Bobby Robbins to the board last week. Yeah. So, so the committee was Robbins. It's weird. And Schultz, who has been making crap up stuff, and the Stanford president, who announced that he's resigning because he faked a bunch of stuff in all of his research and throughout the history of his academic career. So, yeah. Um, but he, he, Mike, he, he, Mike Rossed it. He Mike Rossed it, but he did not do as good of a job as Mike Ross. Cause no, no, he did not. He, he ain't no Mike Ross. So he faked the, the Stanford degree, not a Harvard degree. And that's yeah, he, degree. he does not have Jessica Pearson to, to bail him out. So the thing with this is there is no deal. That is like, that is the only thing that we truly know because yeah. we're, we're over a year on this. You know, in the last time that the Pac-12 commissioner, George Klyovkov, spoke about this was in December. And the last public statement he made related to this was, well, one of our schools just hired Deion Sanders. And so that brand is going to obviously add value to what could potentially be a 10-figure deal. That was the last thing he, and he said, and networks don't do business the last half of December. So it's going to be early next year. Because that, that was the first kind of deadline that they put was, well, we went to market, we rejected the ESPN deal, which the Big 12 then took and is no longer an option on the table. And then they said, well, it's going to be by the CFP. Then they said, well, it's going to be by the conference tournament. Well, it's going to be by March Madness. It's going to be by the Final Four. 
Then it was, it's going to be tax day. It's going to be six weeks. It's going to be a couple weeks. It's going to be August. It's going to be whatever. And now for the first time yesterday, we saw actual preemptive leaks by them saying, telling it was like, you could tell it was very organized because it was oh, like yeah. Stuart it Mandel, John Wilner, Nicole Auerbach, Ross Dellinger, literally everybody who's everybody reporting college football re- released an article within minutes of each other saying, Sources have told me, uh, reported to XYZ that there is no, uh, that there will be no media deal announced at Pac 12 Media Day on Friday. And here's the thing let's strategically think about that. Okay, so they leak it, they're trying to get ahead of it. Do, does, does George think that that's going to help Media Day? Media Day singular. Does he I mean, think that's going to help? Because to me, uh, I would rather go in with the intrigue and then be like, actually, we're still working on a deal. Uh, we we had initially planned on talking about it today. It's coming. We're not going to have the details for you today. That narrative to me feels like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's still coming. It's close. It's great. But to come out ahead of time and be like, hey, media, we're not talking about this on media day, so don't bring it up. Like That's not going to help because the media is still going to just Uh, And we saw that today at the Mountain West Media Days, which the Mountain West has more media access than this. So I think he is trying to, by having one day on a Friday, they're trying to make sure everyone forgets that it even happens. And they are. And, but even today, someone asked at the uh, San Diego State player in in their interview, and they said, we were told last year that we're going to be going to playing in the Mount, in the Pac 12, you know, this season or next season. And an announcement was coming. So it's this thing is just it is such a mess. So here we are at the point now where, you know, there are some like hashtag sources, people that are saying like, hey, like, you know, there's still no deal. It's still Arizona and Colorado are going to make the jump. They're trying to like bleed it out as long as they can, because maybe they're not super enthusiastic about jumping. They want to give the pack whatever they can. They don't want to be even though USC and UCLA are the ones who killed the pack when they left last year. Right. It's still at their media days last year. Everyone was pointing fingers and talking about the Big 12 and no one's calling out the Big 10 for killing their league, which still baffles me. And but they come out and then if they, you know, they got to say, hey, we have to see the deal like we have to give them every chance, like we have to wait in good faith and do it. But then they're also the flip side of this is they are not tied. They have an expiring grant of rights, so they are not tied in any way, shape or form to needing to tell whenever you know to say this is when we're leaving because it expires at the end of this year so like june 30th 2024 all their agreement and anything they have with the pac-12 is done done. it's over and july 1st they can go into a new league so it does not matter when they announce this so i think my theory if something is going to happen with call out in arizona it's going to happen either next week or the week after within the next two weeks otherwise it will not happen because I don't think they're going to do it into the season. They'll get it wrapped up before the season starts. They waited till after their own media day, so they don't get pushed about it. They don't have to be like USC and UCLA getting grilled last year and awkward things. They can toe the party line, just be a ho home, like no, we're all da da da, whatever, we're all good. And they you know they didn't announce it after at the Big Twelve media day because then you don't want it. The Big Twelve doesn't want to be fighting with the SEC. You know they have their media days going on all this week, so they don't want to be fighting with them about it. And you do it next week. Apparently, Brett Yormark is out of town. He's getting back on Sunday night or whatever. So it's like they it's going to happen there or they're not going to do it at all. Whatever they decide is in. But my I think George is dragging his feet on purpose now. That is my opinion. I think he is dragging his feet on purpose because he realized he overestimated them when he was started popping off about $40 million, $50 million that, you know, and how much they're worth. And we haven't decided if we're going shopping yet. He overestimated the value of his league said, let's go to this deal sucks. Don't accept it. Ignored it. Went out. There is no better deal. And now he, if he bleeds it out until he basically is playing chicken with Colorado and Arizona to where if they jump, then he can blame and say, well, I had good deals. And like, it was the schools were trying to, 
you know, the schools were, they were flirting with other leagues. The media partners knew it. You know, I couldn't get anyone to sign on because these schools, they were just, they had one foot out the door already and they were not committed to us at all, even though they were in publicly saying they were, you know, and I managed to salvage this. We invited San Diego state SMU Boise and Fresno and, you know, we managed to get $15 million per school and that, you know, all things considered, given the economic environment and that we lost half of our league because people were not forthright with me, that was an okay job. But if he just like, otherwise his legacy will forever be, you overestimated the value of your brand by about 50% and effed over 10 call it, 10 universe of the biggest universities on the West coast. Here, here's what I think is going to happen. And admittedly, um, I got this idea from somebody else. This is not my own original idea. Hey, rip off this, the design. That's what we're all about, baby. Where this person got the idea, I have no idea. Because frankly, I'm tired of following the whole Pac-12 media thing, so I just haven't paid that much attention to it. But here's what I think is going to happen. I've said all along, I do think the Pac-12 cobbles together something that's good enough that keeps people around. Because... It doesn't have to be a good deal. It just has to not be bad enough that makes people want to leave. And I think they'll do that. But here's what I don't think is going to happen. TV deal, no TV deal, streamers, linear. I don't think that there are 10 schools left in that conference that are going to agree to sign a grant of rights. That's what I think. They'll say, fine, we're on this deal. Fine, we're here. George K. will say, well, you need to sign a grant of rights. Oregon's going to say, no, we don't. We're not going to and call his bluff because what's he going to do? Kick him out of the conference if they don't sign a grant of rights? No, he's not. And I think you're going to see 10 schools because all 10, realistically, all 10 of those schools, okay, eight, Washington State, Oregon State, not really, maybe not Arizona, but the rest of those schools, truly believe that they have a chance at getting into the Big Ten Conference one day. They're going to try to make that process like as frictionless as possible. And the way to do that is to not have a grant of rights in place so that you can walk. That's what I think is going to happen. The Pac-12 might sign a five-year, six-year, whatever-year deal, but there's not going to be any grant of rights that ties those schools to the payouts of those media deals, despite George Klyovkov's best efforts, leaving the entire conference in limbo until the Big Ten decides what they're going to do. That's and what I, I th think is going to happen. I think that could happen. I just don't know. I mean, with the Big Ten, if you look at their TV slots as they're contracted, the, you know, I've thought about this of the, you know, like Big Ten, are they going to, you know, take Oregon and Washington for less money, whatever. If they did that, that's content that would basically, have to be guaranteed to go on streaming, which means like every right. Oregon or Washington home game is going to be streamed because Ohio state is not going to agree to get put behind the paywall when currently the big 10 is basically like, I mean, big 10 network is very widely distributed. I think it's the most widely distributed of any of the league networks and they've got prime time, like at least one slot mainline on CBS, Fox and, uh, nbc multiple games a week so it's like and then they've got the one or two games on peacock aside from that so with that like the big 10 is they are not going to just say oh well we'll bring you in at less money because it's also the other schools if you're not if the other school is not getting more money then bringing in another school for less money doesn't really change anything for you but you're not going to voluntarily go to like be behind streaming when you don't have to yeah you're not. And, so, and I would be scared if I was, if I was Purdue, if I was Illinois, if I was Indiana, I would get a block together and I would vote against adding any school at less revenue because that precedent of unequal revenue sharing is only going to hurt them down the road. Yep. And they are going to, and we've said it before, it's the Big Ten does not have a travel problem. USC and UCLA do. The rest of the league has already been doing that for the last decade, and it's fine. Yeah. So it's yep. it's there's two schools on an island. You don't need to cater to them. Now, what Oregon and Washington do, I agree. I think at most, if they were to sign a grant of rights, three years would probably be the max. I, I just don't see it. I, I that just don't see them signing maybe a grant of to get three years because three years, it's like it's close enough. That's how long you know we've waited. Well, I guess yeah, it was. Texas and Oklahoma played three are going to have played three years since they made their announcement. So it's that amount of time. 
not a big deal. It's like you can do that out, but it still gets them back available before the ACC deal is done. Yeah, and that's I, the biggest I, thing I, where Oregon and Washington can take a haircut on the money because their most valuable bargaining chip is that they're still available before Clemson and Florida State are. Right. And so that is worth and, and millions of dollars. That's fair. Like maybe they sign a lot, a short term thing. I, I don't see it. I just don't see them doing it because they're looking at what's happened in the ACC. You've got all those upset schools and it's because of their grant of rights. And I get it. Three years is much better than the 15 or whatever that the ACC has, but I just don't think they'll do it. I think that will what be What are their... the odds or what do you, are the chances? Do you think that if say Oregon or not Oregon, like Colorado and Arizona leave, that the league does not get a league TV deal and they end up just like they're not doing a grant of rights. Cause if when in a grant of rights, you're signing over the right to broadcast your games to right. your team league office. Right. And so that is, you're giving that off. They're giving those to the league cause they are owned by the school. And you're basically, you're like giving the power of attorney for those to the league office. If they don't sign that and then they end up where the schools just end up individually trying to get their own deal. Yeah. If because if I mean, that happens, Oregon and Washington that, know they're going to be fine. That like they don't care. Oregon and Washington will be but, like, sure, but, fine. But even then, are they? Like that's they'll the get thing. a deal for they'll get a deal from ESPN they'll and Fox get, for Lake Kincaid. They will be, get a deal, but I don't think because we've learned even with BYU, right? Like BYU had value enough as an independent to get what they got. The value that BYU brought to the Big Twelve, whether you believe like crazy Jim Williams or not, the this value is the only thing BYU, we believe him about. <laughs> the value that BYU brought to the Big 12 was bigger than the value they were getting paid as an independent because Which, networks want that bundle. Networks want the group. There's value in the group, even if the product maybe is a little bit diminished. I don't know that Oregon and Washington, because those are the only two that I think could go out and get their own TV deal. And I, I just don't know well, if there's yeah, enough every, every, content at, at a number that is maybe palatable. That, that's Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like it, could Utah go get a deal? Of course, I think Utah could go get a but deal. But they'll be on but like CBS Sports or something. Yeah, right. and it's going to be for less than what I think BYU's independent so deal was. Right? I think so, I think they can do it because a, a large part of the bundling isn't just in why like your your like you grow and your reasoning is because when you bring like BYU fans watch BYU games, right? But now yep. if it comes now we have an, a vested reason where if the two other games on TV right now are Purdue Indiana or Iowa, ooh, you made us bigger. Or Iowa oh, that State, was an accident. Um, or Iowa State and uh, like you know Iowa State and Kansas. We're gonna flip to the Iowa State Kansas game because that can have a potential impact on us. So you still have that if you're Oregon Washington with your own TV deal. You still have where the rest of the league can be impacted by the result of that game. So they're maybe gonna tune in. But right, I mean that's a path where we could be heading down where if there's no grant of rights then i don't know how you do another like they got to be doing their own deal or bond or getting together somehow because which is yeah. similar because right because in the even in the big 12 it was the tier well, three rights were left by the school and the longhorn network had their own oklahoma did their yep. pay-per-view and then the other eight schools they said hey let's Dude, bundle together at, at that point do the does the state government get involved and do they just vote as a block and it's like okay Oregon, Washington, Oregon State, Washington State, we'll go get a deal together, the four of us. It'll be regionally driven, and we will use Oregon and Washington to try to find some national stuff. Because, I mean, that's what it used to be, right? Even within conferences, right. it was regionally distributed. And and we've heard rumors. Like, that's not just, like, some crazy contrived idea. We've heard rumors that the Pac-12 is considering regional distribution and streaming. So if that's what they're already considering as a conference – Maybe that's how they do it. Hey, no grant of rights. We want our freedom. We'll go get our own regional deal if that's what we're going to do anyways. Right. I mean, because you're talking about like the local CW station or whoever yeah. broadcasting it. That's like, all you got. And, and Utah, I mean, Utah would do this. Like Utah would call Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith would say, oh my gosh, that is huge. I just started a media company. We're putting the jazz on KJazz and Utah would be broadcast on KJazz and then whatever streaming partner ESPN wanted to throw them on ESPN plus they do it. I mean, if, if you're going to get paid pennies and be behind streaming anyway, you might as well be in control of it and not give up. Right. Cause yeah. the whole point was we're going to give know. this up because it will bring us more value. Why are we talking about this and not BYU? 
because there's BYU nothing. practices. There's not a lot. BYU practices start on uh, July 31st is the official report day, but practices really start August 1st. This is one of the things about Give Them Hell Brigham. If you're new to the show because you found us on the Daily Dose or wherever and you're new to the show, uh, the, the podcast, the weekly podcast, we try to keep topical. Like, could we sit down and be like, okay, Garrett, let's break down the top 10 BYU linebackers in history. Of course we could. There's shows that do that. Those shows are great. That's just not who we are. We want to we want to talk about the relevant topics of the day. And Kalani's on vacation. Recruiting is slow. Like July's just a slow month for the most part. August, it gets real. Like we're back. But July's a pretty quiet month. Um, and so, yeah, we're talking about stuff that's on the peripheral, right? Like it doesn't directly impact BYU. But it has an impact on BYU and and I think if we talk about it, if we think about what this impact is, I have always said that recruits aren't college football fans. They're just not. They don't really care. I mean, there's some, right? But for the most part, they play football because they're good. They play football because it's fun. And and that's what they do. They, they aren't junkies like the rest of us that are listening to this show where they're going to sit down and watch eight hours of college football on Saturday. That's just not how they operate. So at this point, the lack of a TV deal, the uncertainty from the Pac-12 hasn't really bled into recruiting. Like it's, it's, it's siphoned off and bifurcated enough that I don't think it's something recruits have worried about. And I don't think it will be something that recruits worry about so long as there is a TV deal and grant of rights signed. If there isn't one, recruits are not going to be able to avoid that story recruits are not going to be able to avoid it and for the first time we'll start to see a material impact on the recruiting trail of the dis because of the dysfunction going on in the pac-12 conference so when we talk about what this means for byu we're just a couple of days away a couple of weeks away from potentially that happening if colorado and arizona really do leave which again i don't think they will but if they do then we start talking about TV and regional distribution because ESPN is not going to sign up for eight or eight teams. They're just not. Uh, if we start talking about, yeah, Oregon and Washington, maybe they're going to go get their own TV deal. If we start talking about not signing a grant of rights, because I have no long-term belief in the PAC 12 conference. Those are real material things that recruits will have to answer for on the recruiting trail right now. It's like a don't ask, don't tell thing. They don't have to talk about the dysfunction. Eventually, there's going to be a TV deal. Everything's going to be fine. But as soon as one more something, right, one more something happens, I think you start to see this have an actual material impact on the recruiting trail. Does that mean a grand exodus and everybody decommits? No, it's not what that means. But I think you start to see it trickle down to recruiting and anecdotally, you start to see a few players leave and you start to see the, the okay, an impact is coming. And then next year, it starts to have a real material impact across the board. Well, and, and as it relates, I mean, to recruiting time, I mean, you talk about like, oh, well, Arizona and Colorado are the bottom of the, the dregs of the Pac-12. And it's like, that's what it is today. But if it's, yeah. you know, if so, what if, if Washington and Oregon are holding their nose up at the Big 12 because they're thinking, oh, this Big 10 invite's coming, this Big 10 invite's coming, and it never comes, and they're stuck behind it. It's like they will not be the Oregon and Washington that you think of today. That's not what they will be five years from now or 10 yeah, years they'll, from now. They'll be the, the Oregon that, man, like Oregon, I remember with Joey Harrington, like a good version of Oregon, played a road game at Utah State. Like that's who yeah. Oregon was not that long ago. Yeah. Oregon was Arizona State. Right. Until 2000. And then that's when they became good. And so the... And so they, yeah, it's when you look at those and kind of what that turns into and how that changes, you know, there's going to be a shifting and the kind of changes, like how many players on the West coast are moving out of California and are moving to Vegas and Phoenix. And yeah. if Arizona is in the big 12, which is seen as a more prestigious conference, how does that affect the in-state talent, which is pretty evenly split between ASU and Arizona right now, you know, where it's yeah. ASU is going to tank. Because of that, and it's they're not going to be pretty even. It's going to be more kids going down to Tucson. The LA kids who don't get picked up by USC or UCLA, they're not going to go to San Diego State. They're going to go down to Tucson because that is the closest school that is, you know, kind of 
relevant to them. Oregon is not the same as it is. They're not going to be able to pull kids from the East Coast the way that they have and being clean right. up on all the California talent because it's not the same. Now, do they say we're going to go try to be an independent? Oregon, maybe. I think Phil Knight could probably bankroll them to staying relevant by doing but that Phil, and getting enough Phil Knight's games. like 100 years old, though. How much I longer mean, it does he want to do it? With how much money he has, depending on how much he wants to leave in a trust that is dedicated to the university, that will be a big factor, right? But this is what, uh, kind of one of those we were talking about with Suwini and Tulane at the beginning. It's who falls in the on the right side of that line at the right time, where if you're doing conference realignment or starting these conferences today, the Purdue's and the Wake Forest, they're not ending up in the Big Ten or the ACC if you're starting from scratch today. They're only there because they happen to be there at the jump, from the jump. And so moving, you know, how they end up, I mean, who knows? And this is, you know, who knows what this ends up being like going forward, but it is kind of a pivotal point where it's not going to just be, oh, they're in a new league now. It's like, this is going to be, have a ton of knock-on effects of, um, a ton of knock-on effects of, you know, having uh, like recruiting impacts, TV impacts, coaching impacts, because what coach is going to want to go deal with that, right? right. You know, and it's yep. you know in all of those things where it's now you're in a cobbled together league. That's kind of what the American was after the fallout of the Big East. Yeah, and it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough to see how that plays out. Here's the 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 shameful thing is, I honestly believe if the if George Klyovkov could have done what what Brett Yormark did. And I'm not talking TV deals. I'm not talking business. I'm not talking any of that stuff. What a combination of Bob Bowlesby and Brett Yormark were able to do is convince their remaining member schools, guys who trust us, we have a plan, trust us, trust us, trust us. George Klyovkov hasn't got that done. Because I think if he went and had the conviction and whatever that Brett Yormark has, the, the charisma, whatever it is, they could simply add San Diego State. They could add SMU. They could maybe add two others. They could get to 12 teams, 14 teams, whatever they want to do. And they would have to humble themselves a little bit and admit, okay, we're not big, we're not the Big Ten, we're not the SEC. But I think they could salvage the conference. And realistically, I think that we're all jumping the gun a little bit across the country in assuming that there's going to be a, a three-team super or a three-conference super league new ncaa i i get it i i've talked about it i think maybe it does happen but i think that is so far down the road that we're we're a little bit optimistic and thinking that's going to happen soon I, I these conference commissioners right in the sec and in the big 10 ultimately they're going to look at this and say wow managing 20 comfort or 20 teams is hard managing 24 is going to be harder like I, I don't know that they necessarily do that. I think they maybe stay at 16. Maybe they stay at 18. And so if George Klyovkov could really inspire his member institutions to stay put, sign the deal, and let's stabilize the conference and then figure it out for the future, then I think everything would be okay in the Pac-12 long term. But that's that's where he's failed. He's failed with the TV deal. He's failed with all these other things, but he's failed getting his member schools on one page. And that's where Brett Yormark excelled. All of the stuff, like the accolades and the things that Brett Yormark talks about that he's done, none of that happens if he's unable to get all of his member schools on the same page. And that's what Bob Bowlesby and, and, and Brett Yormark were able to do as soon as Texas and Oklahoma left. That's where George Klyovkov has failed. And that's the biggest uh, indictment on everything that he's done. And that's what Kevin Warren was able to do by convincing the 14 teams in the Big Ten to add friggin' two schools in L.A. And that's what Greg Sankey yeah. was able to do. And that's, you know, it's a mess. And that you can't do that. And the fact that they have random people, like the inconsistency of the messaging of random, you know, presidents talking here and talking there and who's saying what, it's it's amateur. And, and then just, just the optics of, the one school president who's been vocal about, yes, we've talked with the big 12. Yes. We want to get a deal done by April 15th and walking it back. Who's been almost reckless in his comments to the media. You turn around and put him on the board now. 
Like the optics of this could not be worse. It could not be worse. And I don't care what John Canzano tries to spin it as. It could not be worse. I can't wait, though, for the 30 for 30 that just goes through all of John Canzano's articles and just like you could fill a full hour's worth of TV on so all of the buzzwords that have come or the failed predictions or the spidey senses or the layups that have been missed. All of those things, I would just, I want to sit back and just watch that. I mean, I... You, for a while, I think you paid for one month just to go through and read. I did. And... I wanted this. Well, we thought a deal was close. And so it was like, okay, let's see what's happening. Well, but he said his spidey gosh, senses I... were tingling. Yeah, and his spidey senses were wrong. And my gosh, if I would have continued to pay for that, I, I might have to sell my house because it's been that long. I, his, I, they said that they were going to consummate a media deal in the near future. Yeah, that's, and that was, that was five months ago too. And all of what their leaks mean? and all of their leaks that they are saying yesterday is that they are expecting it to be in the near future that they will announce a media deal. So, you know, with a little bit of basic algebra we we got five more months of this. Do you remember when we were criticized Garrett, we were criticized back in April for suggesting that the deadline meant nothing. People were like, no, it has to mean something. If they don't hit that deadline, things will happen. Like, no, the guys, the deadline, the only people who think there's a deadline are the people who saying there's a deadline. But this deadline just makes them look stupid. It means absolutely nothing. Yep. Like if they would have just shut their mouths, even that, just don't talk about it. You could take the exact same amount of time. Just don't talk about it. Well, and especially and would with be better. Arizona, whereas like if Arizona with Bobby Robbins, you know, he's saying, oh, he's got their deadline. And he said, well, I think he was the one who said tax day feels like a good, a good, you know, April 15th. But he wasn't, he gave a deadline without actually, you know, going to hold them to it. And I don't, Colorado's right. been quiet. They have, Colorado by far has the most smoke around them, the most talk of making and a they've jump. Been good and they've it. been very quiet about it. They did today. They, put on a they added another special board meeting for their board of regents for next Tuesday which they haven't posted they had one last week and they put like a athletics update on it it's like they keep talking about it it's like make your up your damn mind already right like cuz you keep having these meetings where you say that you're going to discuss Colorado like yeah. athletics and issues related to the Pac12 whatever so make up but your like, mind that you, like nothing that is going to change decision. Yeah. Right. Like just make up your mind already. You know that there is no deal. It is not. It's been a year. It's not here. Hurry. Just like make up your mind. And I think, I think Brett Yormark is probably close to saying like, we're not waiting around for you forever. Like 14 would be nice to have you, uh, but we're fine waiting till the ACC blows up and we're good with the 12 we have. So either like you get on or we're leaving The, the train is leaving the station. I think that eventually happens far be it for me to praise, you know, anything university of Utah related, especially on this show. But this is another indictment of George Klyovkov. He should have got those university presidents in a room and said, Hey, everybody shut up except for Taylor Randall. He's the only guy who's gone out, been, I think pretty realistic about where things are. I mean, it was back in April that he was like, this is going to take some time. The same week that B Rob is out there, like ah, I think we'll get it done tax day, probably maybe April thirtieth. Sure, like the University of Utah president's been the only one that I think has been realistic. His fans have not necessarily been realistic, but I think at least no, in terms of the del- public, delusional. <laughs> in terms of what he said in the public, he has handled this incredibly well. And if George Klyovkov was good at his job, he would have rallied those presidents around each other and said, "Guys, just." Shut up and let one person talk. Let's have one body be the collective representative to the media. And that guy is the body. Taylor Randall is the body. But they didn't do that. Everybody talked. Everybody has their idea. They all sounded crazy. And now they've added that crazy to the board. The one most respected university president has committed educational academic fraud. Like nothing, nothing is going right in the Pac-12 conference. Not a damn thing. The last agenda item we have, and I talked about this on GFB Express. I, which I forgot you, we had an agenda. We, I know. I've been chugging along today, keeping us on track mostly. So uh, I we started GFB Express this week. Go like it, subscribe on that channel. Doing. I don't think I'm going to do the seven days the way you are. I'll do the weekdays. I do six. I take Sundays off. Oh, that's good. We, we have to respect the Sabbath here at yeah, GEHB. Yeah. And the... So 
like, subscribe, share GFB Express for some more things. But yesterday I talked about the Georgia Southern's collective, which Georgia Southern is uh, in a lot of ways. It's very, it's very BYU-esque, right? Like it's not a school that people think of as like this blue blood, whatever, but they were very consistent and a power for a long time in the 80s and 90s uh, at the FCS level. They have very dedicated fans who do travel to their games, and so they're a very good fit for this for the league that they're in now, both culturally and regionally. But they announced that they're calling it the Eagle Nation Collective. Uh, their website is actually very well done. I don't know who they hired to design it, but whatever thing, it, it is very clean, whoever designed it. Um, but they are offering, and so as related to the Royal Blue, as BYU's official collective, Georgia Southern, they're offering memberships similar to a booster club so you can do the one-time donation thing but they have some memberships and the first membership is 365 you can pay monthly or annually 365 bucks a year the next one is 912 dollars a year because that's the area code is 912 so we could do an 801 and then the last one is 1906 dollars a year because that's the first time or that's the year the school was founded so we could do an 1875 so if we were to do that but here's the thing if you as I mean, if you're not buying season tickets, you obviously understand that a donation to the booster club, you're doing it because you're trying to buy wins. You know that you want to support the team. It's because you want to see the team get better because you derive enjoyment from that. We all get that. There is there is no like one for one quid pro quo here. It, the, the balance will never, never match. Right. But they do everything that they have a monthly newsletter that is exclusive for their things like. TRB, they could be doing something like that. And we've kind of talked about how hey, maybe, they like, maybe have had offers to do that from people who do newsletters. I don't know. Yeah, I know that could have potentially have happened. But then they also are doing a monthly, they're doing a monthly drawing for premium experiences at Georgia Southern events and other autograph memorabilia from Georgia Southern coaches and student athletes that are part of the TRB, Eagle Nation collective. TRB's doing, I don't know if it's monthly. They're certainly not marketing it the same way, but they are doing something similar. It should be they should, mar- they should market like, that you know. as a monthly thing because if you'd say, yes. hey, pay us 20 bucks a month, you get to support the program and you will be entered into a drawing to win a football autograph by the football team or the basketball yeah. team or a bat sign by the baseball team and we'll send it to your house. One person wins a month. People will sign up for that. Like you yeah. just need a little bit. I mean, the Cougar Club finally, you know, they brought the Atari Coug logo back, but they finally are offering some Cougar Club exclusive nike branded shirts that you can only get from the Google club people have clamored for that for years and they're finally they're finally and, doing it and stuff sold out like almost immediately yeah i was like oh cool i'll check on this and then i went back and i was like oh shoot it's already gone oops so yep. you have to get a custom one of that and then and then the other the next step is all the same thing right and then the middle tier it's like you'll get a personalized social media shout out like to you from one of the players right so like Whatever it's it's again, I guess it's, that's it's, cool. It's something that takes like fifteen seconds, but like you get a cameo type video from a from an yeah, athlete. Yeah, I guess that's cool. Like, is it worth nine hundred and twelve dollars a year? Hell no. Does it make you feel like you're actually getting something out of doing this? Yes. And yeah. then I think the top one is like you do a Zoom call with coaches and athletes once a month, and then they'll have like an annual gala kind of thing where it's like with coaches and players where there's there'll be like an annual dinner where you can attend only if you are in that top tier. Something like that like you say gala? I say gala. It's I mean who knows what's what. Do you say data or data? Data. I think I do too, but people say data. Yeah, I was actually at a conference last year where one of the companies was handing out hats with like, and you could get a hat that said data or data. Ah, and you, so I you could it. like, you know, take your pay of saying, you know, which one were you, which, which team were you, but I'm definitely team data. Yeah, I think I'm team data, but I'm definitely team gala. So mm. clearly there's no rhyme or reason to my decision. I mean, English, there is no rhyme or reason for anything really. Mm-hmm. But this has been a good episode. Uh, we're going to get this published. So again, like look up Jeff Hansen on YouTube, find the daily dose, fuel the uh, algorithm big, for the daily dose news. The GFB I, express. I'm the real Jeff Hansen. Now, if you search Jeff Hansen, I'm the first result. 
I Dude, let's check Jeff this in incognito mode when you're not signed in because was it showing that just because whoever sent this? Uh, no, 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 no. I've, I've done this myself in incognito mode uh, yes. and I was still there. You are there, number and one. It's there's, at Rakota there's 101. There's suggested stupid Rakota 101. That's stupid that I have to add the one because some jabroni in Madagascar 100 years ago has a YouTube account. But uh, there's also suggested searches now of Jeff Hansen BYU and Jeff Hansen Daily Dose. So it's it's happening. Mm. We're fueling the, the algorithm. Other, We've got to get I'm, GFB Express to that level. we got to get GFB Express on there because the other Jeff Hansen, oh, that's why you come up first. Because the other Jeff Hansen spells his with an O N. I know, so but I you... but I didn't I didn't for so long. If you search Jeff Hansen, it was still showing up as him. Yeah, if you search uh, just with an O N, you don't come up, but he does because he's got two hundred seventeen thousand videos, yeah. two hundred seventeen thousand subscribers of him making videos about stats. math videos. Yeah, who cares? One mess, but I'm up to a. You have uh, I have thirty seven subscribers on GFB Express. And you have 2,650 subscribers on your Daily Dose channel. So we got to pump those numbers, fuel the algorithm. Yeah, we do. Like, you gotta subscribe. Get to, you got to get to 1,000. That's the goal, folks. We got to get Garrett to 1,000. After that, 1, it's gravy, but we got to get him to 1,000. Got to get him to 1,000 so I can start making my $3 a day. Oh, yeah. Or whatever it is from the YouTube app ads, but come give us a follow. If you have not subscribed, sign up for the newsletter yet or join the discord, go to gehb.co. You can sign up, join us, hit the discord button. It will get you set up in the discord. It is a fun community. We've had a lot more action since we did the re the reorg, the, the free channels are getting a lot more action. So if you want to test the waters, come join us. If it's not for you, we'll give you your money back. If you do decide to sign up for the freemium and uh, until next week, Jeffrey, give them hell. Give him hell.